0: and rest. Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson.
1: Welcome back to Live Exceptionally, where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focused, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. Also, stay connected with us at elisi.org. In this week's episode, we speak with Dr. Sang Sir, who is an entrepreneur a pastor and an all-around business person. And we're going to speak to him today about navigating transition. Hello, Sang. how are you? Good (laughs) morning, Ron. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, You've been a a great friend and a colleague as well. Uh, You and I, we went through our doctoral program together and so it's good to have you. Uh, first of all, uh, would you like to just briefly share about yourself and your uh, ministry?
2: Yeah, um, thanks, sir. Um, yes, I went to um, seminary with Yvonne, and um, um, I, my ministry is twofold. One is in the corporate. Um, I run a technology consulting company called TechLens, where I I coordinate technology for growing small, medium-sized business um, leaders. Cause what there's a problem with, um, as a company starts up, we start getting, we start using some kind of, um, technology, whatever we can put together, get Dropbox, Gmail, whatever. And then as the company's growing, their technology is a bit jumbled up and it's not as effective. They're getting employees. They're being viewed now by the public. Um, there's compliances that must be met and, um, the business owners, they don't, they're not as familiar with how to put that together and make their company as effective. So that's where I come in as their technology coordinator. And um I also am a church I'm a, a pastor in LJO Church. Um but we just, it's kind of like a startup. We began in November and um we're we're relying on God to um lead the way.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Um one thing I think while we had such a strong affinity uh when we first met, other than just, you know, liking one another as friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the fact that we both are bivocational, that I am in the marketplace, but also do a lot of ministry work as well. And then you, as an entrepreneur, and then with businesses that you've worked in, also work extensively in ministry. And would you like to just share a bit about just some of the transitions that you faced at going back and forth between the marketplace and working in ministry? I,
2: I don't know. I, I guess there's certainly part of, um, you know, I want to spend some more time in prayer, you know, spend some time in the word because I need to preach each, each Sunday. Um, but at the same time, um, working is, there's a lot to be done, right? And so it, you gotta, I gotta figure out how to juggle that time. Um, and sometimes I do, I do feel like I'm shortchanging changing the, um, the um, my congregation because I didn't prepare enough because I had things on my plate to do. Um, but I guess what I, what I like to believe or what I want to, you know, how I, how I view all this is, um, work is ministry by working with clients, by sitting with individuals, I'm doing ministry and my, and they're enabling other, um, business leaders to be successful. That is ministry because they get to see me, they get to interact with me and they get to, they, they get, and they, they know that I'm a Christian. And so then they might ask me questions later on. You know, it, it's not that, it's not like I have to persuade them by saying, here's the gospel, now believe it. It's rather, how I demonstrate my life through the relationship we built or the time we spent together. And they ask questions. And then later on, well, you know, as we have lunch together, as we have dinner together, I can, you know, when they are interested, I can I can pull them, I can invite them, I can invite them to my church now.
1: <laughs> Amen. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit about the, the church and what you all are doing? You said you're a, a recent startup and uh, you all are doing some expansion in terms of some of the ministries and outreach that you're doing? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're trying to focus. So I've been serving in a
2: Korean church for the last, let's say, 15 to 20 years. I forget how long now. But um, it, in particular, our church has been really focused on the Korean congregation. So I, mm-hmm. I wanted to start something, you know, that's more to the general public. Um, and for me, I guess, um, one of the driving goals is the, the goal that I have for prayer tents, which is, which is a nonprofit organization that I began in 2015, where the goal, in order to, ev- I mean, it all began with how do I evangelize? And I want to, I want to bring the case that, um, in order to evangelize, or in, in other words, Jesus teaches us, tells us, go make disciples right? Make disciples of all nations. How do we do that? The starting point is for us to be disciples. So I'm trying to coordinate um, in a culture, which we all live in, of busyness. How can we have deeper relationship with one another so that we can have a deeper relationship with God? And as we build this deeper relationship with one another, we can welcome people to that kind of deep relationships. Um, Today, we live in a culture of um, social media, Facebook culture where everybody's smiling, everybody's happy, while well, deep inside they're confused, they're lost, um, they're they're wondering is there a god out there? And we as Christians, we got to step up. But in order for us to make disciples, we must first be disciples ourselves. And so, this is that is a goal that I have for LGO.church. I want to make that happen. Make that into put that into practice.
1: I think that is uh, so powerful. A lot of times when I think about like marketplace ministry, oftentimes it's looked at as something separate we work in the marketplace and then we do uh, ministry Uh, but what you talk about is so true that there's no separation Uh, we we're we're doing both of them dually it's just the location of where we're actually uh, doing the ministry uh, so to speak and so i i I like that and even with uh, prayer tents the focus on discipleship and getting people together to talk about the word to share on the word even the fellowship aspect of building relationships through the word as a foundation Um, so that's good Uh, do you want to share about any of your like challenges like even with the marketplace ministry doing the being a pastor of a church being an entrepreneur you're so busy i used to tease you about how you have the alphabet behind your name with all your qualifications uh, he's actually being very modest with saying saying sir uh, he has uh probably about 100 degrees and <laughs> uh technical qualifications just a brilliant brilliant person uh but what are, what are some of the challenges that you face as it relates to um, being an entrepreneur? You mentioned, you know, sometimes you feel like your church is at a disadvantage with, you know, what you're able to share because of time limitations on preparation. You know, what are some things that you face that are challenged that even, and then how you overcome those challenges to encourage people who could potentially be listening, who are facing similar uh, circumstances?
2: Thanks for asking that. As a child of god you know we're all called to be leaders and being a leader means to be able to step up to things that are not there that's not existent um, not something that we've learned from our education or from you know just the past um, what we know and, and so i think that so i find myself you know whether it be running a church or trying to build up a company a consulting company um sometimes it's confusing am i doing the right thing um you know Yvonne we kind of started talking about this and uh, prior to this but it's so um, we, we do run into these challenges it's like I didn't expect this um and um and in those times I just turn back to God and say you know I'm on my knees asking God I don't know what I'm supposed to do here but you lead the way um what I what i um what I encourage younger people is to um Stuff stop relying on our past experiences because God does something so much greater than that. So this Sunday, I spoke on um, Gideon, and there was a battle between 300 men versus 135,000, and guess who won? And, um... See, when we rely on our own strengths, that... 300, you know, God... He actually gathered 32,000 people, but God says, that's too many, I don't need that many people. Shrink it down, and then God shrunk it down to 300, and then... The 301 against 135,000 people. That's the 450 times greater, right? But that can happen. Just like David fought Goliath. Everybody was afraid of Goliath, but David stood there. He ran up and he fought Goliath while everybody was shivering. And so I think as position of leaders, you know, we are going to face things that are totally new, something that other people have not done. We don't know who to talk to because, you know, can we look to to have gone through this unique experience that we are pleased with and so then i trust god you know god's the one who's going to deliver he's the one that's going to provide and um that's what i do i get on my knees and say lord i don't know what i'm supposed to do and you know i'm trying to extend my time my daily time i do find myself sometimes just busy doing work but i am trying to expand my time to be um much longer that i can spend uh, unhurried time with God. That's what I'm looking for. The unhurried time with God. Because sometimes I find myself even reading scriptures pretty quick. And I'm not reflecting as much. I'm not getting much out of it because you know, I'm just trying to check the box that I've done it for the day. But um, I need to get into a deeper relationship with God and trust Him for the results. And um, that's what I do when I face um, uncertainties and um, walls that I need to push through.
1: I think that's uh, powerful. There's two things that you talk about, you know, one, when you talk about being leaders, there is a, a higher level of accountability and also in regards to just the appropriate management of the things that we're assigned to uh, from a spiritual perspective and also personally, how we how we manage that, just being good stewards over it, and that you know things that we previously did or how we approached things you know prior being prior to being in a position of leadership there's a it's a bit different like we're still accountable but there's like a higher level of accountability especially when we're in a position where we're influencing people you know now we become a role model an example that other people are either looking up to or modeling uh, in their own lives you know but then also the other thing that you say about being intentional with like prayer. And I find too, because I juggle a lot uh, with working and having a business and being involved in ministry that we can be so quick to do the work of ministry, doing tasks, ticking off my to-do list. But then in terms of when I'm actually spending time uh, from a devotional perspective, even if I'm putting time in, is that time quality time? And you know, you and you hit the nail on the head. We say when you when you read the word, are you reading it too quickly? You know, and sometimes even when we're praying, you know, I always use the example praying drive-by prayers, where we're praying, brushing our teeth, they're praying in the car, we're praying, you know, just we're we're multitasking because we're so accustomed to multitasking. So then, prayer and reading the word becomes multitasking. We listen to the word now. We may not always read it. You know, because if we're listening to it, we can actually be doing other things. And so it kind of becomes a, a habit where the quality of that time is not where it, it should be. Right.
2: Absolutely. We got to fight against that. You know, yesterday I was teaching a class. Um, I don't know. You, Ivan, you remember Mike Pertuffe. He's, um, he's one of our colleagues in, in United Theological Seminary. And uh, he he asked me to teach his um young younger younger people um about discipleship. So I've been teaching in his seminary. Um, yesterday was day two of the six six um courses that I'm doing. Nice. So, um, yeah. Um, oh, how did I end up talking about this? Um, about
1: discipleship. <laughs> about, yeah, yeah, spending
2: I, quality I, time. No, spending quality time. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I I forgot why I brought this up, but um. No, I forgot where we are. I'm sorry. Let's go let's continue on another topic.
1: Yeah, you were talking about the quality time and the fact that you're teaching that class, so I was thinking maybe it was time back to uh the importance of the quality, not just quantity of time, but the quality of 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 that time as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay.
1: Um but that's good. I I like that. And so while you're on that subject, you have two different books. Uh mm-hmm. would you like to just talk about your book, you have a book on prayer and you have a book on discipleship. And I, the longer that I progress, the more I progress in ministry, and even with some of the things that we were talking about earlier around like my woman's retreat that's coming up this weekend, and even other things that I'm focused on the importance of relationship in the body and how important it is and even in this day where so many people are struggling with so many different things um so talk a bit more about discipleship from the perspective of your your book
2: okay um yeah so our highest calling is a culmination of my uh my studies in how to evangelize so you know um back in 2015 actually even before that i was my heart was on how to evangelize and Those of you who are listening, if you guys are in the marketplace, call to the marketplace. Guess what? Your job is to evangelize and bring people to Christ. It is not for the professional Christians, you know, who we call pastors. You know, you just bring them to church and they're supposed to take over. That is not how it's supposed to work. We are all called to make disciples. And so that back, you know, many, many years ago, I've been thinking, how can I evangelize? What is, what is the way to do that? And Um, it began with an experiment. I decided to go to a church, um, go to a couple of churches as if I was an unchurched person. Um, how can I, if I had, if I'm wondering, if I'm running into some personal issues and I'm wondering, is there, is God really out there? How would the church guide me? You know, let's see what, what it would look like. I visited about 10 churches and eight of them. I didn't even feel like i i was i even counted i was basically sat in the back i got to you know i guess some people ask my name which is cool but you know after the service that's really it and then as an unchurched person that has a personal problem in my heart i'm not sure anyone would be willing to listen to me just go sit in the service maybe the word of god will and of course the word of god is powerful it can do anything but um from church perspective i think it's very service based um one of the churches I went, to, I went to, I saw a website on Wednesday um, evening come to our Bible study. So I decided, okay, Wednesday 8 o'clock. I visited their Bible study, and then I saw the celebration going on in the front. They have food and festivities, everything. Wow, is that how the Bible study is here? And then, and then I walked around. I saw the senior pastor's room. So I knocked and said, hey, I'm new. Um, I saw that there was a Bible study here today, so I wanted to join. And then he began to, you know, tell me about oh Sonny, oh, that website hasn't been updated for years. And um you know, and then he began to walk me out to my car and said, you know, that festivity that you see, that's actually for those who graduating from their um their six week or whatever course that they've been enrolled in. Um but you know, we have our service on Sundays at ten AM. Join us then. And then he, you know, walked me to my car. Um what it you know, what I find is that Evangelism, it's, um, it, it, became, it became a big study for me. Prayer tents was developed because of that. Prayer tents allowed people, anonymous people, people to ask prayers anonymously, but locally. Um, they would be able to ask, like, so if I am in, um, if I am in uh, Manhattan, somebody that's near me within my proximity would be able to respond to my prayers. And then it was like this one-on-one conversation that they would ha- have. And then eventually, if the person requesting prayer wants to get um, w- wants to reveal themselves and say, "Hey, you know, help me from here," they can because they're in close proximity. Um, but the, anyway, all those all those studies came to the point where one person cannot do it on their own. That's why there's the Church of Jesus Christ. That's why there's community among Christians. And so then it came to the point where that discipleship is actually the call to evangelism, in order to evangelize, bring people to Christ, it goes back to the original command, make disciples, right? In order to make disciples, we have to be disciples. And that's what Our Highest Calling is about. It describes what, how, how to evangelize. We really talk about how to be a disciple and how to make disciples. And I talk about the history of the church that brought us to where we are today. We're not doing Acts 2 church today, many churches. And um, we as Christians, we need to change that. That's what I hope to bring, um, you know, as we go along. And that foundation is in the book, Our Highest Calling.
1: That's so good. And it's available on Amazon. And at your website? Is it on your website?
2: Prayertence.com, yes.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, And you also have your prayer book as well. You've just been a busy
2: bee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wrote wrote the book on prayer because it was during the pandemic. Many people were coming to me asking for prayers. And I wanted to just say, hey, you can pray on your own. God hears you too. And um, there was instructions on how to pray, just basics on how to pray. Um, And so if anyone is going through any kind of struggles at this time, you know, yes, you reach out to your friends um, to pray for you, pray with you, but you can also pray on your own. That's what that book provides the guidance for.
1: Awesome. Uh, Those books, the topics that you focused on, Uh, Would you say that the principles, particularly in the discipleship, because I know you pray and also things that you've shared, even in uh, Korean uh, churches, I don't like to say Korean churches, but churches that are predominantly Korean, uh, there is a heavy focus on prayer. And Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about, was it the the 5 a.m. prayers, how you all pray every morning at 5 a.m. And -hmm. it's not like you know, a lot of churches, especially we became spoiled during the pandemic, we just dial a conference dial or get on Zoom. But you all spot right. prayers are in the sanctuary. They're like in person. And I think that that is phenomenal because it really teaches a level of discipline and focus and steadfastness and the value of prayer. Because if you just have to join from a conference dial in or Zoom, it, it perpetuates some of the things we just talked about. With the multitasking and not sometimes not always being a quality uh, focus, but if you're having to get up, put on clothes, brush your teeth, and wash your face to go to the sanctuary, you know you're you're going to you, you mean business. You're going to pray.
2: Yeah. It's definitely not the same on Zoom. I mean, during the pandemic, I think a lot of a lot of this um, deeper relationships were, you know, that we would normally have was not had, and um, you know, it became more like a business meeting. It's um we schedule an hour as opposed to when we get together, we can be hanging out for three hours, four hours, just eating together, you know, talking about life. But when it comes to Zoom meetings, it's like, all right, let's set an hour, that's all we will need. And then we go through this robotic motion where we're not really sharing lives anymore.
1: Yeah, that's so good. It's important. Uh, Do you feel like with what you, I mean, I know your book Discipleship, it came as a result of a lot of study. How does that relate to what you're practicing with in the marketplace do you see yourself integrating everything that you studied and research and identified in churches how they were approaching it with how you're wanting to apply it in the marketplace as well as with uh, your church where you pastor
2: that's a tough question because it's not <laughs> a to answer it's um you know it, it's the call to love right love god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and likewise love one another Right. And how do do I do I put that into complete practice? I mean, can, can any of us really do that? I guess that's really the ultimate <laughs> question, you know, Um, you know, but I do, of course, emphasize in all my communications and all my, at least in practice, you know, we need to continue to meet together often um, and share life together. And this is what I do with business clients as well. Um, I try to spend time with them. And even when I when I have a bit uh, like a client meeting, I mean, certainly there are times where we have to do a Zoom call, but I try to meet sometimes just at a diner or something, you know, so mm-hmm. that we talk and just you know, yes, we can talk about your work. But I'll share a little bit of your life with me. Let me share some of mine. Um, and I think that that's the way to build um build relationships so that we may at, at at time um bring them to Christ.
1: Yeah, no, that's so good. And even when we look in the scriptures. Uh, When we look at, you know, Christ in the New Testament, how many times were he was actually stopping for the one or he was fellowshipping or dining at the table. And, you know, when the disciples were saying, you know, we should be doing this or we should be doing that or why are you doing that? He always took time for that one person or, you know, we've seen him eating, reclining uh, and sharing and and fellowshipping. And so he is a, a great example of us not always being so busy that we can't stop for the one or or stop to have relationship. And I think, I know even for myself, I, I'm what they call type A personality, you know, doer, I'm a doer, I'm, you know, making move, I'm doing things to stay focused and juggling so many things that sometimes I just, I'm in that zone of, you know, work, 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 that even if it's sending a text message or an email, you know, just say, hi, how are you doing? You know, how's life treating you versus can you do this? Can you send me this? You know, uh, and just trying to purposely uh, be more in- intentional uh, with that.
2: Yeah. You know, and I just remembered what, what I meant to say about that seminary. You know, the, um, the I think one of the biggest idols of today's time is busyness, mm-hmm. busyness. That's, what, um, that's the conversation I was having with these younger people, busyness. Busyness, it's what prevents us from having a deep relationship with God and with others. And so it, it, is, it is something that we really need to think about and we need to fight against. You know, we do have a lot on our plates. In fact, I mean, we have with the advent of internet, I mean, I actually talk about this in the book too, but with the advent of the internet and, and our mobile phones, guess what? We have infinite things to do. And so then, I guess really it's the question of priority. You know, do we put God and others first? Or is it really about money? Um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge especially for the younger people and for really all of us. And we got to fight against this busyness because that idol is going to get us away from God, away from others.
1: Mm. No, that's that's awesome. That's a great point. Uh, Sometimes we look at idols more about like money, idol, uh, people, uh, things. But being busy as an idol, I think that's so powerful because even in my book, uh, Can You Sleep Like This and The Rest of God, you know, I talk about that and people ask and I know I wrote the book. I studied it. You know, the Lord spoke to me first about it. And even now I'm still walking out those principles. You know, I ask you the questions. How are you integrating it? You know, how am I integrating rest in my life? It continues to be a process of. (laughs) Taking time to, you know, one, having quality time with the Lord, not being so busy and prioritizing and being a good stewardship of uh, relationships, of the things that are spiritual disciplines, as opposed to just always being on the go, go, go. Uh, So what would you want to share as your closing remarks and share how people can uh, get in contact with you?
2: Um. hmm. If I can share um, Matthew 28, you know, I guess as we've been talking about it, we are all called to make disciples. None of us are exempt from it. Um, And in order for us to make disciples, we must be disciples of Jesus first. That means being able to have deep relationships with one another and being able to go deep and care for one another. You know, one question that I did ask um, yesterday in the seminary course was... um, you know, do you really know the prayer requests of one another? They were making the case that because many of them were from Ghana, from South Africa, where, um, that they're in a communal culture and they know how to connect with people very well. They're very, you know, friendly and open. But when I asked them the question, ah, I think I see a little, little, little hole here, you really know each other deeply. And the answer was, oh, not as much. And you know, we in America, I don't know if the audience is mostly in America. Um, no different. You know, we talk about going to church and we talk about loving God, but we don't really know others. You look at them prayer requests that you guys share when you get to a group meeting. I say this generally because I know this is the this is how prayer requests are shared today. We talk about, we don't really go into our deepest prayers. Mm-hmm. Because we got we to gotta protect ourselves from people that don't really, that's not going to care about us, that might gossip about us. And so then our prayer request is very shallow. Just we tend to ask for prayers about, oh, my friend's grandmother's sister is sick, you know, please pray for that person. And I I think many of you would, um, would find that normal, you know, because that's what we, that's what I hear when I request, when I listen to people's prayer requests, but we must be able to go deeper than that. You know, what is the calling that God has for us and request prayer from one another who know us deeply and. That's the call to discipleship. So in order to make disciples, we need to be a disciple first. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, um, sangsir.com, there's many ways to connect with me. Um, there's a, a, a virtual business card that you can click on. You can connect with me in many ways that way, um, and You can find me there and connect with me. I'd love to hear from all of you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sang. <laughs> And uh, it's good having you. Uh, We definitely uh, will be in uh, touch. Well, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform and stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week. God bless.
0: Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.